Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila. I'm here in Greater Orlando and I'm here with Timbro Hildebrand reporting from Crowley, Texas. Yep, that's me. Yep, and today we're going to be talking about Tron Legacy. Is that right? Yep. Alright, so uh, what did you uh, think of this film? Uh, Tron Legacy? I didn't think it was that bad. I, I've only heard bad things about it, so I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be some sort of last airbender mishap or debacle and i mean i i thought it was an okay movie okay so that's pretty good it's a pretty good review so some backstory about uh tron legacy uh it first started off as like the original film that came out in 1982 uh a lot of people liked it even though it did okay at the box office it only got 33 million dollars uh, it was also the first computer animated base feature film that Disney made. Uh, so, but it later developed into like a cult classic type thing, uh, which, and a lot of people thought that Pixar was going to make a sequel in 1999, which I don't think ever happened. Uh, so rumors of a sequel of Tron was, came out in like 2003 when a first person shooter video game came out called Tron 2.0 which uh was later hinted to be like have like another film after depends on how well the game went so there goes that so the the plans for tron legacy came to be in 2005 two years later when uh walt disney studios hired the screenwriters of brian klugman and lee sternthal to be to write the script so and the two had recently wrote the script for warrior uh, back in 2011. Uh, well, I think that's how it went. I don't know. Uh, so, according to... The, 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 uh, Klugman said that it was... Uh, I think that he said that the visual... Like, the technology came up came up with the story at that time. So, I think that it, it they, could, they could do that. Because they, they believe that Tron was... Uh, mostly remember remembered as the visual style, not so much the story. So that's the way that they were going with it. They were really focusing on that, on that visual style. And so in 2007, uh, Disney began to negotiate with Kaczynski, the guy who would eventually direct the film. Uh, and he admitted at the time that he didn't really like the idea, but he and later he, he started to it grew on him after time passed so uh he was involved in a meeting with uh bailey who was the president of walt disney pictures at the time uh and he was asked if he could if he could uh make the film which he did so he wanted to embrace like a general ambiance of like the film like he wanted to emulate like the matrix in that way for for this particular film uh so that was the model that he was going off of uh so that that's basically what they were going so they were uh so Kaczynski and Bailey were kind of on odds and ends because that's kind of what he wanted uh I think he I think Bailey wanted to use like the internet as a way or something like that or was it Kaczynski oh one of those two uh, but anyway, they were kind of at odds and ends, and they couldn't really agree on a perspective to conceive the film. So, uh, 
so Kaczynski lent him the money to create like a proto like a conceptual prototype of Tron Legacy, uh, which which was eventually presented in two thousand nine at Comic Con. Uh, so that's what he did. So and a lot, also he was also a uh, Kaczynski was also a graduate at Columbia for architecture, so he really used that in order to like create the set design of Tron Legacy. Uh, so, which, uh, so that's what he did. He mostly focused on the design points and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's what he did. So, uh, upon knowing that, that they mostly focused on the production design rather than the story, does that come as a shock to you? I think that's a fairly ordinary mindset when it comes to making action movies in general, not just Tron. And the fact that the 80s Tron, like, the 80s Tron movie is just, it's incredible if you think about how much work they had to put into to do these special effects that nowadays would be easily achieved, like using a green screen and CGI and stuff like that. So, I mean, it makes sense that they were trying to kind of take that up to the next level because Tron is such a visual sort of, it was a visual phenomenon, so they were kind of trying to mimic that with the with the Neutron movie. So I mean, I, I can see why they would do that because what they did in the eighties was so extraordinary because no one had really seen anything like this before. In fact, um, I even read that the Academy Awards disqualified Tron from getting any uh, from getting nominated for Best Special Effects in nineteen eighty two because they considered computer animation cheating at that time. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, if only I could see where we are now. But yeah, yeah. so I mean, I don't think it's... it's the, the only thing is, like, with this new Tron movie, as cool and breathtaking as I think... I think the effects were very well done, personally. But the thing is, since it came out in an era where stuff like that wasn't as, I guess, impressive, because, you know, we had already had stuff like, uh, you know, Iron Man and Avatar, and at least I think Avatar had come out, or... Uh, uh, the Matrix and stuff like that, but I still think it, it was pretty impressive because the the effects were creative. They were they, they were interesting. Yeah, it was definitely that was basically it's definitely the highlight of the film. So, how does this film compare to the original? Um, honestly, I was expecting this movie to be really bad because I've heard only bad things about it. I've heard that. That's all that I've heard. I've seen a lot of videos about like some of the worst sequels, some of the worst, uh, I guess, movies that had that were worse than their trailers, stuff like that. And I've heard this movie doesn't have very much going for it. But uh, but I, I, I like the movie. But in regard to how it compares to ni- the nineteen eighties version, I would definitely say all the way the eighties version is better. And that's just and that's just because. Uh, it's just because what Tron was doing in the 80s was so much more, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it was so unique for the time period as well. Like, it was just, it was new and fresh. So, I, I don't, I can't really compare it to the one that happened now. But I will say that I think the new, after watching Tron Legacy, right after watching the original Tron, I will say that it plays out very similarly to the original Tron movie. In regard to, you know, it, it's, it's obviously not going to be a movie full of really deep character development and drama and stuff. It's going to be mostly 
about an action an action sequence, you know, a hero's journey through a bunch of crazy action sequences. And in a way, I kind of felt like it played out like the 80s movie of Tron, just in a more modern action movie context. It played out more like an action movie of that time in 2010. Yeah. But yeah, for, for sure the 80s one, I, I have to say the 80s one is better, just because it, it was such an interesting story, it was original, and the effects are just mind-boggling for the time period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Uh, what did we think about how Tron, like the character, was was portrayed in this new one? Because he he never um, talks. Well, he talks like I think like two or three lines of dialogue. Yeah, that's probably the one thing that is a little bit. I mean, it makes sense, I suppose, because in the original movie, the main character was Jeff Bridges' character Flynn. He was the protagonist. So that was what was so interesting about the original Tron movie is that it was an ensemble cast. Like it didn't necessarily just focus on the main character because you had Flynn. So just as like a rough kind of summary, basically Flynn, who plays the the dad in this movie, Jeff Bridges, he mm-hmm. gets sucked into a video game on accident while he's trying to hack into this security while he's trying to hack into this computer and he meets Tron inside of the game. And it's it's very complex, but long story short, like Tron and Flynn kind of go separate ways at at one point and sort of have their own mission. So while Flynn is the main character, Tron still has a very strong presence and uh, kind of like his own story going forth. It was very 80s in that like it didn't necessarily have like a centralized character, very, I guess you could say Star Wars-esque where everybody was kind of doing their own thing. But, uh, yeah, so I guess it makes sense that Tron would kind of take a back seat in this next movie because it's mainly about Flynn and Flynn's son. But at the same time, the movie is called Tron. So it's yeah. a little bit disappointing that Tron takes a huge back seat throughout the entire movie because it's not really about Tron's legacy, it's about Flynn's legacy. But then again, I mean, you got to call it Tron because no one's going to come see a movie called Flynn's Legacy. But yeah, it is a little disappointing that Tron took such a back seat in this movie. I mean, you saw uh, his, I guess, you know, in the old movie, Tron was created by uh, Alan, who shows up in this movie as kind of Sam's surrogate father or something, friend of Flynn, stuff like that. So you see him a little bit, but he played a very large role in the original movie. Tron... I mean, like, it's called Tron. It's mainly about Tron. But this one isn't really about Tron or Tron's legacy. It's, it's more about uh, a Flynn's legacy, which makes sense. Yet at the same time, it's kind of disappointing that Tron really didn't play much of a role at all in this movie. Yeah. Do we like that Tron was actually a bad guy a little bit in this film? That, that's, a, that's another thing. Like, that was interesting but it was just kind of like they mentioned it at the beginning and it kind of played into the end and then at the end he's like, oh no, I, I gotta protect the users, you know? I feel like it might have been better if he had played as much of a role as Clue had because Clue was like our main antagonist, you know, he took up a lot of time and I feel like, you know, in a movie called Tron, we should see a little bit more Tron. I mean, if Tron had turned evil, I feel like maybe we could have replaced that sort of crony, that hung around Clue the entire movie and had more of Tron. And you could have seen more of his maybe conflict of how he's been reprogrammed, but how he still wants to help the users and stuff like that. So 
I do feel like there could have been more of Tron in this movie. Like, if you haven't seen the original Tron and you watch this movie, I feel like you you watch it thinking, okay, why is this thing called Tron Legacy when literally Tron's in there for, like, two seconds? Yeah, exactly. I do like your idea a lot better. That, yeah. And I mean, I know that, uh, and I mean, I know that the whole idea was that once Flynn got out of the game, he made this game called Tron. So maybe that's more of the point. But at the same time, kind of sad to see Tron get sidelined. Yeah. So, like, do we like Jeff Bridges, like, de-aging with Clue? Ugh, if there's one thing that really... And, I mean, you have to take into account that the de-aging technology was not in its prime. Like, <laughs> it was just being tried out. This is X-Men Last Stand kind of de-aging technology. So, yes, the de-aging was very distracting. It looked like... You know, it was it, it looks like a video game, which I mean, you could argue works for the context, but it, it was particularly it was particularly uh, distracting at the beginning where he's talking to his kid and you have a regular kid and then like a CGI'd Jeff Bridges. I think it probably would have been better for them to just rely on makeup. Cause, I mean, Jeff Bridges wasn't. I mean, Jeff Bridges was young. That's for sure. He definitely didn't look like he did in 1982, but. Um, but I feel like that would have been less distracting if we had just, like, browned up his hair and stuff for the young version of himself than trying to do the... Like, it was, it was... I think they were trying to do too much of an... Un, it was too much of an undertaking for them to, to try in such a rudimentary state of those special effects because it was it was really distracting. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. Like, that's exactly the thought that went across my head when I was watching the film, that, wow, you look like a PS2 video game character <laughs> so yeah. like so what do you think about like the the central theme of perfection that this film has like the constant quest for perfection what i um what i love about not just this movie but what i loved about the original tron movie was this sort of almost allegorical uh story being told of kind of like humans against god that sort of thing uh -huh. because in the original Tron movie, the whole thing is they believe, certain people believe in the users, which are like, God, you know, they created they created them and stuff like that. And th what's going on is that the people who believe in the users are being persecuted, they're being killed, they're being, you know, forced into these games because the, the leaders inside the tech world or whatever are trying to tell them, there's no, there's no user, this is all there is, and you need to do what we say. So I think that is really cool. And I think they played up on that in this one. Because that's what I loved so much about the original movie. And I was kind of afraid they were going to kind of toss aside that 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 sort of allegory in this movie. But I think they still kind of kept it with the whole, not just man trying to say God isn't there, but man trying to conquer God. Because that's really the theme of this. Because Clue is all about, oh, no, we're, we're going to take over you know, what he, uh, you know, his world, you know, it's not up to, it's not up to the user, it's up to us, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, it's showing kind of the corruption that, that springs from, you know, this guy trying to go against his creator and stuff like that. So the whole thing about perfection, no, the perfection thing did seem a little, I guess it seemed a little convoluted, a theme, because it was that and the theme I just talked about was like man versus God. So I guess the whole theme, uh, the whole point is like perfection you know, for humans, just isn't possible. And it, within that, within this creation, that's what 
Flynn was realizing that like he he couldn't have perfection in what he was what he was making and when Clue tried to get perfection he ended up hurting a bunch of people so I mean I feel like that scene was a little convoluted but uh, it still kind of plays into the whole thing of like I guess God thinking they can I mean a uh, man thinking they can run things better than God stuff like that so I thought I thought it was an interesting yeah, so you believe there's like a like a religious thing that's going on in this film. Yeah, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah, I couldn't help but draw that comparison myself when I was watching. I couldn't help but comparing Sam, who is the son of Flynn, to be like this Christ-like figure to them. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like maybe he's kind of like a messianic figure. I don't, I don't think they really harped on that, but it definitely did kind of feel that way in certain scenarios. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then we got, like, Clue, who's supposed to be, like, this Lucifer-like person who believes that he's better than yeah. God. Uh, and tried to, like, gather an army of other angels and fought and then lo lost. Uh, and then became, like, the Fallen. So that's a very yeah. interesting comparison. Uh, yeah. And uh, so well, how do you think Korra plays into all this, which is Olivia Wilde's character? very easy in movies like these if you don't get a good actress to make a character like her super annoying because she feels like because i mean let's be honest a lot of the reason she's there is window dressing she's a pretty girl and you gotta have a pretty girl in an action film which yeah. is a little irritating but that aside they got they made her interesting because they because uh because olivia wilde is very talented so i ended up liking her because they she sh sort of had this uh i guess childlike desiring herself to, to, to learn like she wanted to learn and she had this kind of like childlike goodness in her also like she wanted to help Sam she wanted to help Flynn she wanted to do the right thing and she was willing to put herself on the line to help her friends so I liked her I think she was I mean obviously she's fairly two-dimensional most of the characters in this are two-dimensional but I feel like they built enough on her you know her being part of that uh part of that uh race of people I guess that everyone wanted to destroy and stuff kind of how she had like that baggage of all her people being destroyed that that really added to who she was yeah as a character yeah I, she also kind of probably just became more of a MacGuffin than anything because they had to like deliver her to humanity or something like that yeah I never really understood that that's the, that's the one thing I didn't really get why she was so important like they said that there was something about these like what they call them isos or something uh, they, ISOs, they call them isos right? yeah right yeah um so like uh i wasn't really sure why they were so important i guess because he didn't create them they just kind of sprouted up out of the program was that was that supposed to be what was going on i think so i i that's the one thing that was not clear so i think they should have been a little more clear with that yeah i don't think I don't think the writers knew what it was either. I think they just wanted, I guess they, if they thought that if they say they're important enough a couple times, they'll just believe it like the audience. <laughs> Honestly, they probably could have, could have cut that entire subplot out and just made her somebody that like he rescued from clue or something like that. Like she could have been a rebel and that still, it still would have made sense that like she went back with Sam just cause you know, uh, Flynn wants to protect her or something because she's kind of like a surrogate daughter or something like that. Yeah. I think that's still what it worked. And then also, like, she also appeared in the real world with her body and everything. Does that really make sense? I 
mean, it makes it just about as much sense as Sam getting sucked into the game. I guess you're right. So, so I mean, yeah. So, we got that. Did you see Daft Punk? I'm sorry? Did you see Daft Punk, the DJ group? Oh, the ones that were, like, in the bar or whatever? Yeah. That was a little weird. I, I felt like that was some uh, misplaced comedic presence in the film. Yeah. This also kind of also brings to light of the character of, what's his name, Caster slash Zeus? Uh, Zeus, yeah. Yeah, what do we think about him? I actually thought he, it's really funny, because I've seen that actor, uh, his name won't come to me right now, it's Michael... Uh, uh, it's Michael Sheen. Uh, Michael Sheen, yes, 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 that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I've seen him in a lot of kind of like mediocre to really bad movies, or like, okay, um, one time, okay, yeah. this is terrible. One time, me and my roommate, we, we, we decided we were going to watch all the Twilight movies to make fun of them. <gasps> and uh, they're terrible, by the way. They're, they're so much worse than you could possibly imagine. But uh, <laughs> he's in those movies. And it's funny because he's a very accomplished actor. He's in a lot of stuff. Been in uh, Nixon, uh, Frost versus Nixon, where he does a really good job. He's a very talented actor. So it's really funny to see him in these mediocre movies because I, I get the feeling... I got the feeling in this movie, the same feeling that I got when I was watching that Twilight movie, that he knows that this movie is mediocre, so he can do pretty much whatever the heck he wants while he's on camera. So that's why he's so, like, flamboyant and over-the-top. But it was, I mean, he was still enjoyable, but it really did feel like he was just seeing how far he could push it. Yeah, well, like, in the Twilight films, is he would he be, like, the best part of that film? I don't know. It, it's hard to say anything is good about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. So, yeah, like, he he's, like, viewed as, like, this character. The character of Zeus is, like, this person who lost faith in the users and all that kind of stuff. Where he used, yeah. where he used to fight for the ISOs, but then after the battle was lost, he kind of lost faith in all that and basically alleged to his allegiance to Clue and then betrayed them. Yeah. So... I guess you can call him, like, if we're sticking with the religious angle, I guess we, he could be, like, the Judas of the film. I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, he didn't he play a huge role, but, yeah, he definitely didn't help them out. Yeah. Also, what did you think about, like, the... There's a lot more guys in this film than women. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It, it, that's very common in an action flick that it's a bunch <laughs> of dudes. I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It doesn't bother. It doesn't bother me either. I mean, if you make a good movie, it doesn't really matter to me who's in it, as long as it's a good story. If the story can support itself, then it doesn't. It shouldn't matter who is leading it necessarily. Yeah. So, like, what did we think about like Sam's arc of the film? Um, Sam. That's the thing. Uh, I like the actor who plays Sam. I've seen him in other stuff, so I know he's fairly talented. But, ah. Uh, the only thing about him is I feel like we didn't really get to, like, I feel like, um, I almost feel like Cora's character was better developed than his, because his, I mean, while I liked Sam, I think they made him fairly likable. Some of his, I guess, his whole, his cockiness sometimes came off as a bit unbelievable. It's like, oh, I just got sucked into a video game. Well, time to kick some butt, you know, <laughs> yeah. and crack some one-liners. Which, again, kind of falls into the stereotypical leading man action hero thing. So, I mean, you really kind of have to look at it through that lens. But I will say that his character was fairly interesting. I thought it was really 
I think that something that this Tron movie does have that's a little bit different from the original movie is that there's a little bit more of a heart to it because you have that relationship between him and his dad. I do think that could have been better developed, but it, it definitely like touched my heart when he saw his dad for the first time. They hugged each other and both of them were crying. You know, I thought I thought that was nice, but I I do think they could have built on that a little bit more. And I think if they had kind of you know, I guess allocated a little bit of the time that they used for all of those fancy special effects to, uh, to you know, uh, developing more of their relationship, then it would have been just that much more um, heartbreaking when the dad sacrificed himself. Yeah. That's the only thing. I feel like, I feel like they could have built more on that relationship, but I, I liked what they had still. Yeah. I like the, the fact that Flynn did still say like a bunch of 80s slang in his dialogue <laughs> see that felt forced to me <laughs> you, that was forced, really forced. <laughs> i mean I, I didn't mind it but that is that is pretty funny that he kept on using the 80s slang yeah uh the next time when i meditate i'm gonna say i'm gonna knock on the sky and listen to the sound <laughs> oh that was that was interesting yeah yeah and i mean i love jeff bridges it, it's really hard for me not to like Jeff Bridges and pretty much anything I, I've seen him in. He's just such a talented actor, and he's just, he has such a presence on screen. It, you know, I, I can, it, his presence on screen can immediately make me like a movie just a little bit more because he's in it. Yeah. Um, and I also thought it was interesting, uh, the actor they had playing Sam, uh, I don't know his name, it's Garrett Heldman, I think. Yeah, it's right. Uh, he kind of, I felt like he was kind of doing a little bit of, Uh, yeah. So, final thoughts on the film? Um, I mean, I, I thought it was okay. I, I think it kind of gets, I think people are a little harder on it than they should be, because, I mean, it really is just an action film. And if you look at it as just an action film, you know, I, I don't I don't really have a problem with it. I think it, it's entertaining. It has really cool special effects. It's got great music. So, I mean, if you're just looking for a fun movie... I'd say that Tron Legacy is a fun movie. I wouldn't necessarily call it a good movie, per se. All right. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I'd tell people to check it out. Yeah, I would give it, uh, like, a mediocre score, like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch more Tron, there is a TV show that's out called Tron Uprising. Yeah, that happened. That, that came out a while back. It's got, like, Elijah Wood doing a voice in it i believe i watched some of it when i was a kid yeah um i don't know if it's on disney plus or not but i mean it's worth Probably a try is. yeah it was on for like one season yeah so it must not have been that great or people just didn't like it yeah so yeah if you you can check this out but i would suggest watching the first one first yes watch the original tron that movie is really cool um it's I can see why it's gotten such a great cult following because it has such an interesting, it has an interesting story and uh, and just the special effects alone are enough to watch that movie because it's just so groundbreaking for its time period. I recommend you watch it. It's so good. Yeah, I'll I'll do that as ASAP. You will understand Tron Legacy much more. Yeah. If you watch Tron. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you so we shouldn't watch Tron Legacy without watching Tron first. <laughs> yeah, because I watched it in theaters in 2010 when I never even saw the original, so I got to do that. Yeah, that's 
probably what most kids did. They're probably just like, ooh, freshly light. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been Nathaniel Avila. This has been Timbrel Hildebrand, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.